0: Kelly's one-strike pitch. we got a fly ball, center field deep. Bellinger going back to the warning track, to the wall. It's a grand slam. Howie Kendrick has done it. They're going crazy in the Nationals' dugout. Howie Kendrick with a grand slam here in the 10th inning of Game 5. The Nationals 7, the Dodgers 3. Do you believe it? And for the first time since moving from Montreal to Washington... The Nationals are going to the NLCS. What a crazy game. What a game indeed. And it's another in a long list of playoff disappointments for the L.A. Dodgers. Another playoff disappointment for Clayton Kershaw. And I know that he has had some success in the playoffs. And, you know, over the last number of years, Kershaw has started to maybe, not in every sense, but start to maybe buck that monkey off his back. Well, that monkey's back after last night. I won't lie. I felt awful for that guy yesterday watching that game play out. And I know it's easy to hate on the Dodgers. They're one of those teams that is very easy to cheer against. And I get it. And I've got no connection to the LA Dodgers. But this is one of the greatest pitchers of a generation. And the playoffs continue to be his nemesis. And he knows it. You could see that he knows it last night. When that second home run got off the bat of Soto in the eighth inning yesterday, And you saw his reaction, and it was immediate. It was as soon as that bat made contact with the ball. And you saw Kershaw's reaction and saw how devastated he was. I was like, oh, no, this is not going to go well. That was the last pitch he threw. And then that image of him sitting by himself in the dugout. Yeah, I I know it's just sports, and sports are a distraction, and sports are not the be-all and end-all. But still, to see a guy that gutted over that situation, it was... Here's a guy. It was it was tough to watch. It was it was difficult to see, and I felt bad for him. And you can understand if this is going to take a little while for Kershaw to get over. Here's Clayton Kershaw after last night.
1: Everything people say is true right now about the postseason. I understand that. Um,
2: I, nothing I can do about it right now. Um, it's a terrible feeling. It really is.
1: But. Uh, um, yeah, it's just, it's just a bad feeling, man. I, I don't know how to describe it. And
0: I don't really know how to describe what we saw in that very short outing for Clayton Kershaw yesterday, Will. Like, it was it was tough to watch. I felt awful for him, and it's pretty astounding to think how that game changed in literally the blink of an eye with back-to-back solo home runs and back-to-back pitches that turned the game like that. It was... That was incredible last night, and the backdrop of what happened to Kershaw and how he reacted just added to it for me.
3: Yeah, and I mean, I, I do feel bad for Kershaw. I'm not going to disagree there, but I think uh, people are talking about him today, and they shouldn't be because the guy that should be front and center of everything is Dave Roberts. This guy is a complete and utter moron when it comes to big games. He has had tough, uh, you know, has had a real tough time making big decisions, especially when it comes to his bullpen. Why did Clayton Kershaw go back out for the eighth inning that made no sense to me, should have put in somebody else, and then when the game gets to extra innings, and it's 3-3, three, three, why is Kenley Jansen sitting on his rear end in the in It the, Didn't it in, remind in the, in the you so
0: much of that, that wild American League wild card game three, four years ago, the Blue Jays and the Orioles yep. where Zach Britton did yep. not and see... H- how'd that work for the Orioles? It, it did not work very well. Right. I mean, at least at least Jansen came in and pitched. It was seven, seven, three by that time. And the game was over, but at least he came in and pitched, but it's the exact same scenario. And I, and, and, you know, it's, it's fair what you say, because the way Roberts managed that game was bonkers. When you think about how many other options he had other than Kershaw, and I get it. You've got Clayton Kershaw. It's game five. I guess I can understand wanting to get your best guy in there, but, even the decisions made after the fact were hard to wrap your head around. So, so yeah, I, I, this is not all on Clayton Kershaw. There's no doubt about it. He's going to put it all on himself, and I understand that. And you could tell how much he was wearing that last night. But in reality... This is not all on him. You're you're bang on because there's a whole lot more blame to go around. And, and you're right, Dave Roberts. And and Roberts talked about it last night. Here's a clip from Dave Roberts, the manager. If you're wondering of the LA Dodgers, and and he talked about it, and he said he's willing to take the blame for himself.
1: If the blame falls on me, I've got no problem with it. You know, I, I feel that you know my job is to put guys in the best position to have success. And uh, if it doesn't work out, there's always going to be second guessing, and I got no problem you know, wearing the brunt of that. That's okay.
0: And and you know, it's not even just him. I mean, I think he deserves to take a lot of the brunt of the criticism. Sure, Kershaw deserves some as well, but it's not like those Dodgers bats did anything. I mean, what was it? Uh bottom 9 where they've got a runner on first after a uh a hit by pitch and they can't do anything? Like I mean, it's it's not as if it's not as if the Dodgers I mean, a bats picked anybody like,
3: up. A lot of guys have. A lot of teams, sorry, have guys on first base and don't do anything. No, right. no, I get that, but
0: and Basically, a, from three-one on, but that the, was a the Dodgers' one, bats didn't do much at all.
3: Three-one lead going into the eighth inning, you probably shouldn't lose that game with that bullpen. That's that's my point. I no, mean, and, and I'm, I don't disagree with right, you. And and you know, criticize the bats, that's fair, sure. But they scored three runs in the early part of the inning, uh, or sorry, early part of the game off Steven Strasburg, and and you know, it, it's playoffs are won with your pitching arms, not with your bats. And we've seen teams that have built themselves on home run balls, i.e. the Blue Jays in fifteen, sixteen, i.e. the Minnesota Twins this season, who led the majors in home runs. That's not how you win playoff games. You win playoff games by advancing runners, and yeah, okay, maybe they could have done a better part of that or better job of that later in that game. But for the most part, the Dodgers bats did their thing and the mismanagement from Dave Roberts when it comes to their bullpen when Kenley Jansen's waiting there after a brilliant ninth inning from Joe Kelly allows Dave Roberts to somehow think he's going to be fine come the 10th inning. Well, that's, that's where that game was lost. And then, you know, you walk Soto because he's killed you in this series to load the bases. And, and next thing you know, Howie Kendrick hits a home uh, grand slam and it's over. So I, I, I get it. I, I think there's a lot of blame, maybe all over the map when it comes to the Dodgers losing that game. But for me, point and center, it's Dave Roberts and the mismanagement to have your best closer and Kenley Jansen sitting there in a tie game in the 10th inning.
0: What? What is going through your head as you've got a player like Jansen sitting there? And I, I'm trying to wrap my head around. Okay, why not? And I, I understand that you've got analytics and gut feel and all that, but why not go to him? And I, I, I was having a hard time even watching that game last night because I was thinking in my head, I'm like, don't do the Zach Britton again. Don't, don't put yourself in a situation where the game is still. In your grasp, and you don't play your best player, or you don't trot out your best pitcher, and and in this case, your best pitcher in this scenario. And I'm still trying to wrap my head around why not. It's it's c- can you can you help me? Can you come up with any reason why he didn't see action until after a grand slam made it seven three? No, that's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to challenge you. Can you try and put yourself in Dave Roberts? No, because I I can't do it. Like I can't do it. I, I I sit there. and I'm like okay. Well, you had so many opportunities even once the bases were loaded to bring Jansen in. Like, okay, runner on first. Now you've got runner on first and second. Okay, now the bases are loaded. It's like, wh- why aren't you making the change? I don't wh- – what is the hesitation? That's what I'm trying to wrap my head around, and, and I can't do it. So I felt the guy I feel worse for is Clayton Kershaw because that guy is wearing it, and that guy is – taking a lot of the brunt of the criticism. I think he's put a lot of the brunt of the criticism on himself. I mean, look, two pitches turn a 3-1 game into a 3-3 game. He deserves a good chunk of the blame too. But you're right. The decision-making throughout from Dave Roberts, some of the complete and utter drop-off from those LA bats as the game went along, there's more to it than just Clayton Kershaw. I just feel worst for him because here he is, another year, First place in the National League, another year first place in the NL West, and another year without a World Series ring for Kershaw. That's that's why I feel the worst because we're going further and further into his career and he still doesn't have that championship. So good on the good on the nationals. And we haven't even talked about them yet because it's so easy to talk about what the Dodgers did, but good on the Nationals. I mean, that's a hell of a performance. And and Suck to, it, Bryce. Do, to do that and and to flip the middle finger to Bryce. And then to see Bryce's manager get fired today, like, I mean, all things considered, that was pretty incredible what the Nationals were able to do to win the wild card game and then to take game five at Dodger Stadium the way they did. Good on them. And I know there's a lot of criticism. I, I, for whatever reason, I, I read a lot of criticism on Twitter about the wild card games about, OK, you win one game just to get crushed 3-0 by the other team. Well not so fast. The Rays have pushed at the game five, and I don't think it would surprise anyone if the Rays were to win when it's all said and done. And then you just saw the Nationals take out the Dodgers in five games. I I, I wonder if those who are criticizing the wild card games are walking that back today.
3: What else we got quite, here? Like walk back music or something. You're trying to find walk back. Well, I just music? don't have anything to not quite sure play. if there is.
0: Much walk back music. Who do you like, by the way? Uh Cardinals and Nationals in the Nationals. NLCS. Nationals. How come?
3: Well, I just I'm picking them. I, I don't I think it's a a pick'em series. When you get this late, um, you can make a case for any team. I think the Nationals bats, though, at this time of year scare me. Uh, we've seen it in the wild card game, much similar to the one last night in LA. They were down 3-0 to the Brewers, and then all of a sudden the bats you know, came to life late in the game and they won it. Now, can they keep playing with fire? Probably not. But I think that offense I like, and they've got just enough pitching to get it done. So, um, and I think for a lot of teams, especially this team that finally breaks through to get to the NLCS, I think the confidence is at an all-time high, and I think they're feeling good about themselves. So I will I will take the Nationals, but I think it's going to be a fantastic series.
0: I just don't like the Cardinals, so I'll take the Nationals too. Fair
3: enough. Um, so I'm with you on that one for... Less of um, analytic
0: reasons or factual reasons, more so just because I'm petty. On the uh, Glenn Morati fan feedback text line 960960, um, a lot of criticism going to Kershaw on Twitter, but that first home run pitch was a ball. A good pitch, but great contact by Rendon. There's no doubt about it. That thing was so low in the zone, I couldn't believe Rendon was able to get to that and crush it like he did. Like... Kershaw's going to wear that one and the next pitch was no good but if Kershaw's is going to be wearing the first home run yeah it was the right location i think that's where he was looking for rendon just read it went out of the zone and crushed it so that's more on like that's one of those circumstances maybe you disagree with, well that's one of one of those circumstances where if you're a pitcher you just tip your hat to the batter like that was a hell of a hit and uh, a hell of a read from rendon so i'm completely with that text uh this reads when you're the home team in a tie game in the ninth tenth inning there will be no save situation you put in the closer have him shut it down then try to walk it off in the bottom half and no idea well, why la didn't go to him that's exactly where i am uh come on will seager and the dodgers mvp were non-factors in this series some blame belongs on the bats um and this i blame the dodgers bats more than i blame kershaw a little bit on the glenmore Audi fan feedback text line up, at 960960 uh and uh a shut up luke You know what? I second that. Shut up, Luke. Um, The Game 5 between the Nationals and the Dodgers, significantly better than Game 5 between the Braves and the Cardinals. However, the only thing the Braves and the Cardinals gave us was this. um, The most epic post-game speech from a manager Here's uh, Mike Schilt, the manager of the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, who uh, fired up his boys after they crushed the Braves in Game 5 in Atlanta.
3: What i loved about this series is we played the game hard, we played the game right. We started <laughs> we finished the Yeah! Sh- yeah. And that's how we roll. We don't start, but no one f- with us ever. Ever. Alright? Now, I don't give a f- who we play. We're going to f- them up, we're going to
0: take it right to them, the whole f- Boy, we're kick ass. Yeah. Let's go! <laughs> how good is that we need what we need kelly kirsch to give us a speech like that one day uh yeah uh they started some bleep but we uh finished some bleep and we're gonna kick their bleep and uh, bleep i don't know if we'd get the same reaction if kirsch Gave that type of speech. Welcome to the Steinberg Show on a Thursday afternoon. It's a Flames game day. More on that in a second. He's Will Nalt. My name is Pat Steinberg. Uh, ALDS, Game 5, Astros-Rays. Who do you got tonight?
3: Uh, taking the Astros at home. You just can't uh, ignore them. They're, they're a better team. I know the Rays have certainly... Push this thing to five that nobody saw coming. Um, and I look at this pitching matchup tonight. I like Garrett Cole uh, more than yeah. I like Tyler now, So I am taking the Astros to win this one. And I don't know if we're going to talk about it being overly close, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I like Garrett Cole, too. I just, it's, it's tough to, I feel more confident about Cole going in game five than I did Verlander in game four on short rest. So I'll go, I'll go the Astros, too. And here's the other thing. I really, and this is no knock on the Rays because they're a great story and they continue to be a great story. But I I don't want the Rays to win because I at least want to have some sort of a series in the ALCS. I just can't see the Rays giving the Yankees a run. Astros and Yankees sign me up for that all day, every day. Rays and Yankees, eh, I'm not as invested in that. So uh I'm I'm hoping that we uh see the Astros prevail at home. Astros-Yankees in the American League Championship Series would be bonkers. Okay, Steinberg Show for Fifth Avenue Auto House is underway. Flames game day, Calgary and the Dallas Stars. You heard it in Wills trending now about 20 minutes ago. The start time tonight, 6.30, so note that 6.30 uh, from Dallas will be on the air at 5.30 with your Calgary Flames warm-up. Of course, we've got it for you right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan on television, Sportsnet 360 is carrying this one tonight. Uh, nothing changes from what we saw at practice yesterday for the Flames. Uh, we know that Manjapani's is going to play with Backlund and Kachuk. Brolick going to play with Jankowski and Raider. Uh, that leaves Bennett with Ryan and Lucic. And, of course, the top line stays together. And on the back end, it will indeed be Michael Stone's first game of the season. This will be just the fourth regular season game for Stone since November 11th of 2018. That's how long and how much that blood clot affected him. So just the fourth regular season game for Stone. Since November of 2018, he'll be on a pairing with TJ Brody. Top pairing tonight, Mark Giordano and Rasmus Anderson, And, of course, Noah Hannafin, Travis Hamanick will play on the back end. David Riddick gets the start in net for the Flames tonight. Uh, we talked a little bit about it yesterday, Will. Riddick does indeed go. Uh, surprised at that? And what's your feel on whether or not Cam Talbot starts Saturday or Sunday?
3: Any surprise going with Riddick? No, no none at all. I, I, I think... You you know, it goes back to what we talked about going to that Tuesday start. He is your number one, so you know, you roll him into this game. I think we see Talbot in one game of the this road trip. And and I don't know how much Talbot plays in October. I think it depends on Riddick's play, but it also goes back to the fact that if they played better on Tuesday, Patty, I think we're talking about a Cam Talbot start tonight, but they were not very good. And it goes back to what Lou said on Tuesday. In his hockey Central hit going into that game, when asked about really getting the start, they haven't had their best team game yet. They don't; they're still trying to figure things out. Slow starts, and when you're still a little bit out of sync in front of your goaltender, I think you want your your number one option in between the pipes. So, I, I think if they played better Tuesday. Might be talking about a Talbot start tonight, but that's not the case, and as a result, Riddick gets the the, the go, so uh, not overly surprised. It's
0: it's interesting because Bill Peters said yesterday that the plan was originally to go Talbot against the LA Kings, but the shutout for Riddick against Vancouver put him in against the Kings, and Riddick's going to go again tonight. I think it's the right call. I think you're you're in a stretch right now where you've got a back-to-back coming, so he'll get a night off here at some point, uh, whether it's Saturday or Sunday in Vegas or San Jose, but uh yeah, I like the call. Uh we talked yesterday, I was like sixty forty my guess that it was gonna be Riddick, so I, I didn't know exactly which way they were going to go. Um, but not surprised they're going to Riddick and I think it's the right call. Maybe you go um maybe you go Talbot against the Golden Knights and go back to Riddick against the Sharks. That I think that could be very the,
3: the Sharks who look like they're <laughs>
0: Or, I mean, and the other reason, uh, was that on the air or not? I can't tell. Oh, it was on the air, 100%. Okay. The Sharks
3: are 0-4, and, and I've been a Okay, disaster.
0: in full disclosure, Will has been in this mood lately where he It's not going to stop. I know, but he just, and and will be will be going to break, or I'll be trying to give a train of thought like I'm trying to do right now, and Will will just start swearing in my ear
3: and saying horrible things in my ear. It's we, go quite bre- funny. We, go to, we go to break, and Pat's like, was that on the air? I'm like, Pat, if that was on the air, I'd well, be fired. I well,
0: know, I know when you're saying the bad <laughs> things that it's not going on the air, but you just made a fart noise, so I wasn't sure if that was on the air or not. So course that one was on the air the other reason why they might go to Talbot against the Sharks his last start in the preseason was against the Sharks he played really well for 40 minutes in that game too by the way they uh, might have look you at had that. a peek at Martin Jones save percentage uh I believe well it was at 862 and it dropped so what are we talking about right 8-54. now 854 hey man that's 85 percent that's honor roll stuff At John what G. About, uh, our
3: boy John Quick last night Just I don't an know an eight eight what you're spot. talking
0: about the eight spot is that gonna two starts help 750
3: the, uh, Okay, 750. That's like a B
0: plus. That's what it goals against it. <laughs> uh, well, it was 6 and 8, so I got like 750. 717. 717, not bad. Not bad, Johnny Quick, not bad yeah. at all. Uh, we are live from our Basement Systems downtown studio on a Wednesday afternoon. It's the Steinberg show, Happy Wednesday, looking forward to the Flames and the Dallas Stars tonight. Tune in on Wednesday for Wild Card Wednesday. We uh, take you on a spin of the most cringeworthy moments that we can think of. It's brought to you by oddshark.net, your free source for the latest odd stats, and trends before the game. Head to Odd and start playing like a shark today. Speaking of Odd Shark around the corner, we've got betting advice on tonight's ALDS Game 5, Thursday Night Football, and a couple undervalued teams in the NHL. Chris Abbott from Odd Shark up next. This is The Steinberg Show on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
4: The Steinberg Show, brought to you by 5th Avenue Auto House. It's Volksfest.
0: Purchase an Atlas and you can get up to $4,000 bonus cash and no charge on winter tires. 5th VW.com. Oh, you didn't know? Yo, ass, better tell somebody. It's time to welcome in Chris Abbott from Odd Shark. I thought I'd switch it up a little bit with the references uh, from wrestling. He joins us this afternoon, like he does every Thursday afternoon. I thought the JR one was getting a little old, so I thought I'd go with uh, the New Age Outlaws instead. What's going on, uh, Mr. Hey, man. Abbott?
1: If you're if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. What's going on, Pat?
0: Not much, man. What's going on with you? I I, I hear you. Um, I hear you had some interesting. Um, you had an interesting day watching baseball yesterday.
1: Oh, my goodness. I mean, look, I'm not a professional gambler, but I, I do get paid to analyze games and maybe give suggestions. So if I had a money-back guarantee, it would have been at work um, last night. I bet under 8 in the Braves cards game. And then right before first pitch, I was like, ah, I'm going to take the Braves at home. You know, they got a good young core. They're an exciting team. Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) It was all over with one out in the top of the first. Well, I feel bad
0: for you in, uh, in, in that regard. Now you got in on the money line late. Is that, is that what I hear?
1: Yeah, I, I had just bet the under and that would have been fine. Okay. A lost bet. But then I, I was like looking at my account and I was like, ah, I got enough here to, you know, make a bet on the Braves. It wasn't like a super educated. It was more, I'm watching this game. It's early in the evening. Let's do it. And uh, obviously picked the wrong side there.
0: Well, <laughs> how are you feeling then about tonight's game five in the uh, American League Divisional Series between the Astros and the Rays?
1: Well, you know, this is um, this is an interesting one from a betting perspective because the Astros are just such a massive favorite. Minus 280 on the money line. The Rays are plus 230. Um, Even a run line bet, which means you need the Astros to win by two or more, you're uh, you're not even getting even money there. It's minus 130. So what I did earlier today is bet the Tampa Bay Rays plus 1.5. Now, it was at plus 125 then. It's down to plus 110 now. So that means we are seeing – Money coming in on Tampa Bay. And the reason I did that, plus one and a half, which means they can win outright or lose by one run, is this. They've got a pretty deep pitching staff. We all know that. Blake Snell, Charlie Morton are both going to be in the bullpen for this game. So I think the hook will be quick if Tyler Glasnow starts a little bit slowly. Plus, they've all got all those fireballers out in the bullpen. They won games three and four by a combined 14 to four score. And the two teams that won game four at home, both won game five on the road last night. So I'm riding a bit of the emotion, the momentum. But also when you look at the numbers, the total here is seven. So even if it is uh, an Astros win, the books are predicting it'll be a low scoring close game. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to try and find a little bit of value there. But, you know, it is quite likely that the Astros win this one going away.
0: It's Chris Abbott from Oddshark. Check out oddshark.net. You're, uh, if you're putting some money down, it doesn't matter what sports book you're doing it at, if you're putting some money down, you got to go check out oddshark.net for all your analysis and uh, expert thoughts, including those from Chris Abbott, who joins us Thursdays on the program. Let's uh, look into week six in the NFL, which starts tonight. Looks like a bit of a laugher on Thursday Night Football Patriots. Currently favored by 17 at most books at home to the New York Giants. How are you feeling about this one tonight?
1: I mean, everything, like you said, points to the Patriots here. The Giants came out yesterday and basically said we're on our third running back. Our top wide receivers are all sitting out. I guess they'll have Golden Tate maybe in the lineup. Um, But I just don't see how the Giants are going to score any points in this game. It's not like they're going up against any old defense. They're going up against the Patriots at Foxborough, where in their last 22 games they're beating teams by an average of just below 17 points. And that's teams that come in with their full lineup. So, I mean, I think, I think the Patriots cover this number. I'm a little uneasy at the fact that it hasn't climbed higher. That means there's still a significant a significant number of dollars coming in on the Giants. But I do think that might be because it's the only game on the slate tonight and there's a lot of Patriots haters out there. So I'm going to ride with the Patriots here. I'm sure the Giants are going to find some way to make it interesting. It's never, uh, you know, the Patriots going and walking away with this. It never works that way in football betting. But I'm going to go with the favorite here. I just don't see where the Giants get their points.
0: Elsewhere in week six, Houston, Kansas City. Right now, KC at home, favored by four. That game's got a total of 55 and a half. Tell us about the Texans and the Chiefs.
1: Uh, this is a tricky one. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I think KC would have been a touchdown or better favorite, but uh, Patrick Mahomes has thrown just one passing touchdown in the last two weeks. Uh, personnel definitely becoming an issue for Kansas City. They're weak in the run game. They're without Tyree Kill and potentially Sammy Watkins in this game. Um, now there's rumor that Tyree Kill will be back. That would be excellent for Patrick Mahomes. The the two guys that they've got now as one and two options just aren't all world like uh, like a team needs in the NFL right now. So we are seeing some action come in on Houston. They put up obviously a huge number last week, but I'm still not sold on the Texans here. The totals at 55 and a half. I think this will be a shootout. I think the guys will be slinging it. So I wouldn't be surprised to see this go over the total, but I'm not ready to give up on Kansas city just yet. I still think they're the second best team in the AFC and uh, I'll take them minus four.
0: So you've got Philadelphia and Minnesota. A neutral site pick 'em because the Vikings favored by three at home.
1: Yeah, and you know what, Pat? Minnesota has been really, really good at home this year. The two games they played at home against Oakland and Atlanta, they rolled and they got off to a hot start. And it looked like the other team was just overwhelmed. Philadelphia's got injury issues of their own, and. At plus three, I can see why people are backing the Eagles here. In fact, at this number, we're seeing over 62% of the bets coming in on the Eagles. And this is a tough one. I'm not willing to bet against Minnesota at home for the third time in a row, but uh, I, I don't have a real good argument why not. Because Kirk Cousins, he's been okay. They looked pretty good against the Giants last week. Um, this is a tough one for me. I'll probably stay away from it, but if I had to, I would back Minnesota at home. They're a different team there.
0: And finally, San Fran and the LA Rams. San Francisco is unbeaten at 4-0. The Rams have lost two in a row, yet LA favored by three at home.
1: Yeah, you know, divisional matchup, this is obviously a huge game for both teams. I still don't think San Francisco's really had a, a, a real challenge yet. You know, they've played a couple of games where they just walk through them. Now are they walking through them because they're the better team? I'm not sure just yet. Cleveland with a little bit of an implosion in the game the other night. So I'm going to take the Rams here. I, I I might be wrong, but I think uh, I think L.A. at home gets it done here at minus three.
0: Chris Abbott's with us from Odd Shark. He joins us every Thursday here on the Steinberg Show on Sportsnet 960, the fan. To the NHL we go. A couple of uh, Pacific Division teams I wanted to ask you about because you think both the Oilers and the Ducks are being undervalued right now. Tell us a little bit more about how you can take advantage of that if that's the case.
1: Well, sure. We, I mean, we all know what type of season the Anaheim Ducks and the Edmonton Oilers had last year. Really bad for the Ducks. Uh, Disappointing, I think, for the Oilers for sure. Um, Both teams undefeated coming into tonight. The Oilers are plus 105 at New Jersey. The Ducks right now plus 125 at Pittsburgh. And I think both of those opponents are very, very intriguing because New Jersey for the Oilers on the second half of a back-to-back, I think they're ripe for the pick and they've got the worst penalty kill in the league. And then you've got Anaheim on the other side who has the best penalty kill and the best goals against in the league against a Pittsburgh team that's got $13 million on injured reserve with Evgeny Malkin and Rust and Bukestad. Um, so they're, you know, they're really, really thin right now. Matt Murray hasn't looked great. And I think if this was a couple of weeks down the road, we'd see the road teams as the favorites here. But there's some residual hangover from the sports books of just thinking, oh, Edmonton and Anaheim are no good. So I'm going to jump on both of those teams tonight as a matter of fact.
0: You've got a couple of overvalued teams as well. Tell us about uh, Pittsburgh and San Jose and how they're being overvalued a little bit right now.
1: Yeah, well, like I just said oh, about sorry, Pittsburgh, you just everyone.
0: no, you just talked yeah, about yeah, yeah. you just talked about Pittsburgh for yeah.
1: sure. Well, it's, it's just that Anaheim's playing Pittsburgh tonight, yeah. so you know it's a, it's the same thing. But San Jose. You know they go into Chicago tonight in a game that's basically a pick 'em. Um, San Jose zero four. They you know losing Joe Pavelski was crushing to them. Martin Jones he's not starting tonight. Aaron Dell is, but you I don't know, know how much better that
0: is for the Sharks
1: to be perfectly <laughs> honest. <with you. laughs> their goaltending definitely a bad situation right now. And I'll tell you this, Pat. Like I bet Nashville minus one and a half at plus one fifty five the other night. I couldn't believe I was getting such a great price there. Because San Jose, people are still valuing them like they're the San Jose Sharks. of Even last year, just the turnover they've had in the last couple of years. And, you know, I like Patrick Marleau. By all accounts, he is just a wonderful human being. But to me, it's a, it's, it smelled a little bit like desperation for them bringing him back into the roster. He couldn't get a game. Um, you know, you look at the San Jose roster, and you're like, who are these guys? Like, after Timo Meyer, um, you know, Logan Couture, and, and a couple of others it's there's a lot of names you don't know and and aren't going to be real impact NHLers at least at this season. So then you got a Chicago team that last year, again, these, these just happen to line up perfectly tonight. Last year, Chicago really, really bad start, and uh, they finished the year half decent, you know, and they've got a really exciting young core coming up, you know, to go with those veterans that they still have, and uh, Corey Crawford against Aaron Dell tonight, I uh, love Chicago at uh, at pick 'em Price.
0: So, a couple of overvalued teams, Pittsburgh, who's playing Anaheim tonight, and the San Jose Sharks, and another undervalued team, uh, the Ducks, as Chris mentioned, and also the Edmonton Oilers, and some value on one side and maybe a, uh, an opportunity to see some value going up against the Penguins and the San Jose Sharks. Finally, before we let you go today, Mr. Abbott, uh, and uh, I know that um, Mr. Nult agrees with you 100% on the Sharks, and it's it's tough not to agree with you right now with the way things are trending for them. Tell us about um, an interesting prop on uh, the upcoming Breaking Bad movie. I understand that Breaking Bad was not your cup of tea, but it was for many people, and, and you have... Uh, you have props for the movie that's soon to drop on Netflix,
1: yeah, there's so many props for that movie I mean it wasn't that it was my cup of tea, you know just sometimes you you don't get into a show, it's on my list of things to watch, but over at um online betting site bet online, they have twenty props on this, so uh you know, will Heisenberg be said? I have no idea what that means, but minus 500, yes, plus 300, no. Will Jane's dad appear? You can bet on all of these things. Will Jesse find Walter's hidden money? You can bet on that. Um, that's pretty much a pick em, by the way. Will Jesse have a girlfriend at the end of the movie? Will Jesse die? Like, uh, all anything you could probably think of, um, there's a whole plethora of them. Um, yeah, uh, Jesse's method of death. So they're saying does not die minus 200. And then there's all sorts <laughs> of uh, just really unfortunate ways to end a, a movie character's life um, following that. So crossbow at plus 3,300. Uh, yeah. So you can bet on, on, you can bet on pretty much anything guys.
0: Uh, that's good stuff. Thank you, Chris. We will talk to you again on Thursday. Appreciate it, pal. Good luck this weekend.
1: Absolutely. Same to you guys. Take care. It's
0: Chris Abbott from Oddshark.net. He joins us every Thursday here on the Steinberg show looking forward to the breaking bad movie i'm not gonna lie um it it came out of nowhere no one knew it was coming and then bam there it is if jesse dies in the breaking bad movie and this is not a spoiler for what happened in the show i won't tell you if you haven't seen the show i won't say anything about it but if jesse dies in the movie i will be extremely disappointed and it may change my entire view of the breaking bad franchise i will say that of course the breaking bad franchise also includes better call saul Another outstanding piece of uh, television genius. Uh, Chris Abbott joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. The same secret recipe since 1975 for pickup or delivery. Call 403-248-3344 and find them at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. We've got a marquee matchup at McMahon Stadium tomorrow, and we've got Matty Rose with the latest on the stamps and riders. Up next, this is the Steinberg Show on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. The Steinberg Show, brought to you by 5th Avenue Auto House. It's Volksfest. Purchase an Atlas and you can get up to $4,000 bonus cash and no charge on winter tires. 5th Sports fans of Calgary, we are with you 24-7. On air, online, on Twitter. Calgary Sports matters to you. It's always right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. 960 The Fan. Welcome back to the Steinberg Show. Tomorrow, game day for the Calgary Stampeders. Battle for first place in the West Division. Calgary, Saskatchewan, McMahon, 7.30 kickoff. Stamps are 9-5. and five. Riders are 10-4. Second of two meetings between the two teams this year. It's going to be a hot atmosphere. It's not going to be hot outside, but be a good atmosphere at McMahon tomorrow looking forward to the Stamps and the Riders get a little bit more it's time for our Stampeders report let's check in with Matty Rose
5: Thursday saw the Stampeders hold walkthrough after announcing their roster for Friday's matchup with the Riders once again a little bit chilly with all the players bundled up as they worked through Friday's game plan it's a big one for the Stamps as far as the west seating goes Calgary's trailing the Riders by one game in the west so not ideal that this week of
2: practice was disrupted by the weather, says head coach Dickinson. We're ready to play. I mean, they will be too. You know, we just had you know haven't had quite the tempo we wanted with the weather and the field conditions. Maybe that's a good thing though. Maybe we got a little extra energy and we'll save it for the game. We know what it's about. We know it's going to be a tough game though, and and we're excited for the opportunity. Um, here we're going to have a great crowd, so uh, we're all excited to get it on. And it's always a fun crowd when the
5: riders come to town with their traveling fan base, something that the stampeders players relish offensive lineman, Derek Dennis, a former rider was looking forward to it. When I talked to him earlier this week, but turns out he will not dress for this game.
2: He just has a little bit of an ankle problem. Uh, he's been fighting it all year. Um, just wasn't able to quite get ready to go. These guys are as good as anybody on the edge, uh, but we have a, a quality guy in Neela that's been playing a lot and is ready to go. And, uh, so not that we like it, but uh, we feel we can function.
5: So Dennis is on the one-game injured list. It will be Neela Cassatati starting at right tackle after being the Stampeders' reserve player last week while Ukambri Williams starts at left tackle. Williams started at left tackle against the Alouettes, and Dave Dickinson is liking what he's seen from Williams, who has been at center throughout the majority of his Stamps career.
2: Doing a nice job. I mean, he, I think he was pretty comfortable at center, but... Uh, we felt like it was the way for us to, to to change up our ratio. We had to do it for other reasons, but I think you is doing a nice job. That's the only change on offense.
5: The Stampeders opting to replace Dennis with a defensive player on the 46-man roster. Linebackers Marcus Ball and Chase Middleton come off the practice roster to play backup roles, while Eric Mesleria comes off the sixth game to also play in a backup role. The Stampeders are also adding defensive end Anthony Johnson and defensive back Jamari Gilbert to the roster. Linebacker Dwayne Norman, defensive back to Gogo Maxwell, and defensive end Deshaun Downey will go to the practice roster. While Jamar Wall moves to the one-game injured list, he's going to miss this game due to personal reasons. As a result, Lorenzo Jerome, who was on the roster against the Alouettes, gets to start at the Sam position. The 24-year-old Jerome is in his first year with Calgary. He went to college at St. Francis University and then spent some brief time with the 49ers and Seahawks becoming the first player from his college to make it to the NFL. His college highlights show him as a bruising force, and Dave Dickinson talked about what he can bring to the table in Friday's game. Pretty
2: raw, pretty young, um, but it's a position that is tough in our defense. Um, but I think he has been practicing, and, um, you know, unfortunate with Jamar not having him available, uh, we, another man's opportunity, and we expect Lorenzo just to be himself. Um, yeah, mistakes will be made. Don't focus on that, just focus on the next play and and also try to make some plays.
5: Jerome has one defensive tackle, two on special teams through 3 games. This will be his first time as a starter. Got a chance to catch up with got a chance to catch up with Lorenzo Jerome Thursday ahead of this Riders Stamps tilt.
6: you getting ready to face the Riders. Now for yourself, about a little injuries this year, been in some action, but be excited to get part of this rivalry here at McMahon.
4: Yeah, I can't wait to participate in this game with my teammates. It's going to be a physical, a great game. We just got to bring it to them, and let's see what happens. When you go and look at some
6: of your highlights, physicality is one thing you definitely see. And You just mentioned it's something you're going to bring to this game
4: against the Riders? Oh yeah, of course. You hear Coach Dave talking, Bell yelling. It's going to be a great game. Let's come home with the win.
6: I just saw Josh Bell Yelling and hollering at you guys as you kind of squatted up there at the end. Just uh, what's he kind of preaching to your group as you get ready for this one?
4: Oh, he's motivated. Just look at your keys. Uh, make sure you get your reads right, rock and roll, say everything that you have to do, and just go out there and play football. I've been doing it for years. We've been doing it for years. Uh, it's, it's a stamp transition, and we just got to go out there and play football.
6: Dave talked about the Sam linebacker position. It's not necessarily the easiest one to learn. What are some of the challenges that you're kind of facing here?
4: Uh, really no challenges. It's, uh, it's, it's just football. You just have to go out there and execute your job and just go out there and play your game. You, you know what you can do on the field. You know who you are and just be yourself at the end of the day and you know your teammates have your back. I have a good veteran crew, Smitty, Jay Wall. We've been communicating. Uh, and Let's go out there and play football.
6: Now yourself, in high school you were a quarterback. We see Trey balling out. Everyone always brings up how he was a recent quarterback in college. Does that help you, knowing that you used to see the field in that sense?
4: Uh, sometimes in zones it can help me, but sometimes it can be tricky because some quarterbacks are smart in the CFL and they can read you and go the opposite way, but you just have to play football at the end of the day.
5: Defensive back Lorenzo Jerome starting at Sam linebacker for the Stampeders Friday night with the Riders in town. That Sam position, not easy to learn, requires a knowledge of the Canadian game, excellent communication skills as well. It's a big challenge for Jerome as he faces a really solid Rough Riders team.
2: He's a good tackler. He is physical. He's he's played like some free safety. Um, You know, our Sam free safeties are kind of interchangeable. They do a lot of the communication. Uh, Mechie has been really kind of that vocal leader in there. Um, So we're hoping Lorenzo can also take a step forward on that. Like I said, huge challenge. They got great receivers. Um, they're on the same page a lot, so uh, you know we have to tackle. We have to see if we can get the ball out, hopefully create some turnovers.
5: We'll see if he can rise to the task as the Stampeders take on the Rough Riders. Friday night, kickoff, set for 7.30. With your Stamps Report,
0: I'm Matt Rose. Yes, you are. Stampeders and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Battle for first place should be a lot of fun on Friday night. That'll do it for the Steinberg Show brought to you by Fifth Avenue Auto House. Don't forget we are still looking for our Sportsnet 960 Beer League broadcast team. So here's the deal. Go to sportsnet.ca slash nine sixty. Enter your team. Tell us why you should be one of those two teams. We're going to have a broadcast. We're gonna do it uh do it all up. We're gonna have the music. We're gonna have the uh well We've done these two, two times before. Pins DJ do Power the Play might be there. Play. Yeah. DJ Power Play might be there. Wild Rose Brewery is going to uh, provide some of the beverages. I mean, some 2 um, Unlimited for sure. Yeah, we'll definitely get some Twilight Zone in there. Uh, apparently, the new iOS update is bad. If Not the iOS, rather. The new uh, Mac OS update is bad if you uh, like to be a DJ. That's what I've read online. I, I do it once in a while, so... The new one is called Catalina. Apparently don't do that. Anyway, this will be played. You'll get to be on the ice. And it's all brought to you by our friends at Wild Rose Brewery, brewing quality craft beer and coffee that fuels the hardworking Albertan Wild Rose Brewery, branded with character, go to sportsnet.ca slash 960 if you want to be one of our two teams in our Sportsnet 960 Beer League broadcast. That'll do it for the Steinberg Show. Up next, we've got a heartbreaking performance from one of the best pitchers of this generation. A deciding game tonight, and it's Flames Game Day. All of that coming your way. It's Pinder and Steinberg opening up next. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The Steinberg Show, brought to you by Fifth Avenue Auto House. It's Volksfest. Purchase a Tiguan and you can get up to $2,500 cash purchase bonus and no charge on winter tires. This at VW.com.